morning and welcome to worship today. And can I say well done to all of you because you obviously remembered that the clocks changed last night. If anybody forgot, you might see them arriving just in time for tea and coffee, which we'll be having this morning at the end of the service. Bible study is on, as usual, on Wednesday from seven o'clock, craft team on Tuesday from one, and the care and share lunch on Friday. The Guild, the next meeting of the Guild is Monday the 27th of March when the speaker will be Alec Blair who's going to talk about local history. There is also North Ayrshire Guilds Together and that's this week on Wednesday in Beath Church, the spring gathering in Beath Church on Wednesday at two o'clock and the speaker is going to be the Reverend Andrew McClelland who's talking about Friends of St Andrew's Jerusalem and everyone's welcome. However, there is competition for that event because on Wednesday afternoon, it's also musical memories here in the hall uh, with Mary. So, difficult choice for you, um, it's up to you. Country Dancing meets on Thursday of this week at half past two. Next Saturday is the spring cleaning of the cupboards and things here in the back corridor from half past nine onwards. If you're available and willing, please come along. Elizabeth's looking for any last minute uh, articles for the messenger today, please. Okay. And you will get details of the Holy Week services. Uh, there are quite a number of services taking place in Holy Week. You'll get them on the front notice board outside the church. You'll also get them in the magazine when it comes out. I'm not going to stand and read it out. There's basically a meditation service every morning in Park Church at 10 o'clock, and there's services throughout the week in different churches. Okay? Um, we're also hoping to have the Daffodil Cross during Holy Week. So if from next Sunday onwards, you could bring along donations of daffodils, they will be gratefully received for that. The rag bag collection is not until the 25th of April, but please bear it in mind, and there are black bags out in the vestibule if anyone wants to take some. And advance notice, there's a fashion show in the church on Friday the 28th of April, and tickets will be available at the cost of five pounds each from next Sunday. Okay, so if you remember to bring your purses with you next Sunday, uh, if you're like me, you'll not have any money in it anyway, but bring some money with you next week and get your ticket for the fashion show. They usually sell out quite quickly, so get in there. Okay? Good morning. Uh, so good to, to be back. You know, it felt like I was, I was away for, for a long time. Um, but it's so good to be back and many thanks to Andrew who is outside at the moment for always being there uh, to take services uh, and today I just I just I didn't realize um, that I've got a minister so I I forgot my sermon so when the time comes Please be ready to come and lead. For those who are joining us online, we're delighted to have you, and may the Lord bless you. The psalmist has this to say to, you, to, to all of us as we are being invited to worship God this morning. You have written your law upon our hearts and inscribed your love upon our lives. You have made yourself known to us in sign and symbol. In still small voice, 
you call each and every one of us to you in the center of our souls through the song of your spirit you call us to you so we come and we are here some of us are in tears in our in our hearts some of us are tired and grumpy because we have lost an hour some of us come confused and needing counsel from God some of us come with joy and with smiles on our faces all of us are invited to come and Jesus says come come to me we worship God together as we sing let us build a house
Please be seated and let us draw near to God in prayer. I will lead the prayer, but I want to invite you to also take time to pray in your hearts as we join our hearts and minds together in prayer. God of all wisdom, you guide us in journey through life. You continue to give us such insight as we have into why we are here and how to live well with others. Time and again, you show us how beautiful life could be when we look around us, especially now as spring is around the corner. Yes, Lord, we continue to live in a fragile and a very violent sometimes world, a world we have met to be violent. God, we remember today how you reached out through the ministry of Christ, welcoming those whom society had rejected, accepting those whom the world considered unacceptable. You have time for us, just as we are. We praise you. And we remember how you called Matthew the tax collector. How you dined with Zacchaeus. How you touched the lepers. How you showed mercy to the woman caught in adultery. Time and again, breaking the mold, offering us through his faithfulness, forgiveness and new life. Lord, you invite each and every one of us, just as we are, to praise you, to remember that you are the God who forgives rather than condemn. You build up rather than pull down. You encourage rather than criticize. You draw near rather than keep your distance. You have time for us even just as we are. We praise you. We give you thanks and praise for the many things you do in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Even now, there are some of us who look forward to your touch. There are some of us who look forward to your whisper, to your voice saying something to them. And Lord, here we are. We pray that, Lord, you speak to us. Merciful God, we rejoice that you accept us today, not for any actions on our part, nor through anything we may have done, but simply because of your grace. You have time for us. You have space for us. You have time to embrace us and to empower us. Lord, we praise you as we think of women and men who accompanied Jesus as he walked that path in our own time, inspiring some to give up everything to follow him and stirring up others to, step at to stop at nothing and to be silenced by nothing. We admire their courage and ask for that same determination to keep going, especially when times are hard. 
We recognize their fears and failures and ask that we, like them, may have courage to come to you for forgiveness and for strength. We need to carry on. We need to continue to support you and one another as you have promised to support us all the days of our lives, even as we gather here today. In silence, we offer our praises to you for the things you have done for us. In silence, we offer our prayers of confession to you. You know, Lord, we know you are the one who says to each and every one of us, when we confess our sins, you forgive us. And we declare these words to each other, even to our own hearts this morning. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. And Lord, we continue to pray together the prayer you taught your disciples, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. As it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever. Amen. How many of you have friends? If you've got friends, please raise your hand. I'm looking to see if none has, all of you have friends, okay, that's good. For the friends you have, how do you, how do you choose friends? How did you choose them? Did you just end up being friends? Anyone? Do you have any friends? It's just happened. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, D, you wanted to say something? They were kind to you, and then you ended up being friends. Nice. Others, how did you, how did you end up being friends with people you're friends with? Same interests. Same interests. Okay. Yes? All right. <laughs> yeah. Do you have friends? How did you get to, to be friends with them? They were kind to you, all right, okay. Wow, so it, it seems like every one of you, for, for, for those who end up being friends with other people, um, did you have to choose at some point that, no, I can't be friends? Have you ever turned down anyone wanted to be your friend or have you ever none of you wow okay none all right you you did yes natalie no you didn't <laughs> you don't know d did you 
Did you turn down someone? And you said, sorry, I can't be your friend. Why? They were being mean to you. All right. And other people. Oh, that's nice. If, same with you, you would have done the same? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> All right, I, I thought, Sandra, you were saying something. It's okay. All right. <laughs> um, so if you were given a chance to choose a friend, what are the things you would look for? Uh, if you can look for a friend, if you were given a chance now to look for a friend, what would you look at as the qualities that you want in that friend? Kindness. Kindness. Honesty. 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 Nice. Tolerance. Tolerance. Loyalty. Loyalty. Uh-huh. Others? Trust. Thank you. Um, all right. Anything else? Someone who would accept you for who you are. All right. Someone who takes care of you. Yay, nice. <laughs> yes, D? Someone who has the same interests as you. Yes. Jack, were you going to say something? Good fun. Good fun. All right. Sure. Now, today we're going to read a passage in Acts chapter 9. And what you find in Acts chapter 9 is the conversion of a man who, if we were to look at today, we would say a bad man. A bad man. I mean, what makes someone so bad? Can you think? Can you? What would you say this is, this is what... I would classify as someone who is bad. Uh, again? When they are nasty. Someone who is nasty. Okay. Yes, my friend. Pick up. Speak up. Yes, if they want to pull you. That's not good to pull others. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anything else? Are you afraid of saying things that you think can make someone to be bad? All right. I didn't catch everything. All right. If the, the people have been brought up into a bad environment, they might end up being bad. And that's not someone you would want to be around. What else? What else? What are the kind of things you would say, mm mm, this is bad? Uh huh. Murderer. Okay, someone who kills other people. Imagine someone who insults you. Is that a bad person? Yes, someone who is violent. So the men we read about in Acts chapter 9 was killing. Christians. He was harassing Christians. He was, he was doing lots of things to Christians. Anyone, are you Christians? You would, if you would say, yes, I'm a Christian, maybe he would give you a clap. That's not what he did, but I'm just saying. Uh, 
those are some of the things. So in Acts chapter 9, we meet a person who was very bad. And guess what? God calls him and God starts to use him. God used such a bad man. He took him, he changed him, and all of a sudden that man started to serve God. And today in the Bible, we have got many letters that were written by him. But he had a bad past. He had a bad present. Even at the time God called him to be his friend, to be someone who would carry out his word, he was a really nasty person. And I think what we learn in that very passage is this. God can use even nasty people. God can use even the worst kind of people. And I don't know where you stand today in terms of your life. Maybe you, maybe you don't classify yourself as nasty or as a bad person or as that out-out. But I want to remind you today, uh, God can use you. God can use you. And I think God can use you no matter what you have done, no matter what you are doing now, what you think of yourself, or what, whatever it is that surrounds you. Some of you looking at me, you'll be saying, well, I'm old, or I'm too young. God can use you. That's the message for today. Let us pray together. Father God, we pray that you would use us as we are and we come to you. We pray for our children as they would be going later on to children's church or Sunday school. We pray that you'll be with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, to our children today, you are not going yet. I will tell you when to go. You're not going after this song but you're going to wait to hear the word of God read, and then during another hymn you will go, all right? Is that okay? So let's sing together, will you come and follow me?
please be seated. I will now invite Moira to come forward to read Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through to 16. But let's turn to God in prayer, shall we pray together? God, you are the source of all light, and by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that our hearts and minds may be open to your word. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the meantime, Saul kept up his violent threats of murder against the followers of the Lord. He went to the high priest and asked for letters of introduction to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he should find there any followers of the way of the Lord, he would be able to arrest them, both men and women, and bring them back to Jerusalem. As Saul was coming near the city of Damascus, suddenly a light from the sky flashed round him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, he asked. I am Jesus, whom you persecute, the voice said. But get up and go into the city, where you will be told what you must do. The men who were travelling with Saul had stopped, not saying a word. They heard the voice, but could not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground and opened his eyes, but could not see a thing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. For three days he was not able to see, and during that time he did not eat or drink anything. There was a Christian in Damascus named Ananias. He had a vision in which the Lord said to him, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he answered. The Lord said to him, get ready and go to Straight Street at the house of Judas, Ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come in and place his hands on him so that he might see again. Ananias answered, Lord, many people have told me about this man and about all the terrible things he has done to your people in Jerusalem. And he has come to Damascus with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who worship you. The Lord said to him, Go, because I have chosen him to serve me, to make my name known to Gentiles and kings and to the people of Israel. And I myself will show him all that he must suffer for my sake. Amen. Thank you very much. And only towards the end of this song, the children are welcome to go to Sunday school, but let's praise God together as we listen. You're most welcome to sit if you want to sit. Uh, stand if you want to stand as we listen to this. Lord, I come I find my rest 
without you I fall apart You're the one that guides my heart Lord, I need you Oh, I need you Every hour I need you My one defense My righteousness To reach out to others, we need you. For us to be able to preach, we need you. For us to know that we are forgiven, we need you. We need you every step of the way. We need you in our conversations. We need you in all that we do. We need you right now when we reflect together. We need you when we leave this place. I pray that the, me- the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing to you, God our Redeemer. Amen. So today I'm 
wanting to remind you that God can really use you. I think we've been talking about reaching out to others and reaching out to the world. And I want to assure you this is what God has to say to us this morning. God can use you. He can really use you. I wonder how you felt when we read through this passage in the Acts. Do you ever ask yourself this question? Can God use me? Now in this very story, which is a very common story, a very well-known story, uh, it's the story of the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. And we have, we have a lot to learn from this. And I think we have heard a lot from the very story of Saul of Tarsus. When I read this story, I stand amazed at how the grace of God is able to just take someone so bad. And even from the very passage we read this morning, we, we get a glimpse of how people are afraid of him and how people are fearful of this very man. So I stand amazed at the grace of God and how God's grace can can just could just move and save this man and use him mightily to be what we call the apostle to the Gentiles. And I think for me, if, if this could amaze you too, and if this could anchor you today, it could anchor you this way, you look at yourself and you be aware of the fact that God can use you. And God can use you. And I don't know about you, but I am a sinner who needs grace every day. And I'm humbled that God called me. I think I might have told you this, but when God called me to ministry, it was at the worst of my life. I was deep down there. And I, I, I could see no reason to leave like to live life. I could see no reason to breathe. And for some of you who have heard this story, I, I, it was at that point in my life when I had said, God, I'm done with you, and I believe you're done with me too. And it was then, and I, I remember very well some people turning to me because you do, you do go through scrutiny and people scrutinize you when, when, when you have come to the church and say, God has called me. And I remember for some people said, how could God call a person like you? And how could God call you when you wanted to commit suicide, when you, you felt you were worthless? And how could God then use you? All I can say to you is I'm still following Jesus. I haven't got my acts together. I'm still following Jesus and I'm still in need of the grace of God. And every day, every hour, like you and I, I, I still go before God trembling and say, God, how could you use me? That's why sometimes it's very hard on a Sunday because I, it's not like I've got my acts together. 
when you see me smiling, part of the smiling is, is because I have understood where God has lured me from. And I just understand grace upon grace for my life. And I still stand amazed even at the fact that God could still use me. Now Saul was a very unlikely candidate for the service for the Lord. He was a man who was feared and hated Christians. He was hated by Christians as well because they knew what he was made of. He could destroy, he could kill. He could be part of an agent in which people were put in jail for following Jesus. And yet God reached down in grace and and took this man from where he was and used him to change the world. Today we stand amazed. Many books or many letters that were written were written by the very same man. Now Paul's ministry is still reaping fruits today. Just the fact that we are talking about his life today means he has made a mark in people's lives and in our lives today. Now when we look at Paul, we may be tempted to think that he was some kind of super saint. But here we are, we have read the passage that gives a glimpse of his life. We may feel that there is no possible way that the Lord could use such a man like Paul. Maybe, yes, Paul, God could do something with his life. What about me? At least he was young, some people would say. But I also suppose that we feel inferior and unworthy to be used by God for his work. But I'm here today to remind you and tell you today that Jesus can and will use you beginning here and in the communities where we stay. And I think some of you listening would be saying to themselves, really? He could use me? I don't see well. I don't speak well. I don't, I don't, I don't. You could send and give a list of things that could disqualify you. Let's look together again into this passage and discover some few things that we could take to heart. In the very first verse, verse 1, there's something about the past of this young man, Saul or Paul, which could stand right before him as an obstacle. In fact, Acts chapter 22, verse 4, in his own words, he said, this is what Paul said, I persecuted to the death the people who followed this way. I arrested men and women and threw them into prison. So Paul was guilty of doing everything in his powers to put Christians to death. In 1 Timothy 1, 13 to 15, Paul tells us something about his past. Paul was a murderer, he said. He was a rebel against the Lord Jesus. Religiously, he was a man to be envied, but internally, he was as wicked a man 
you could think of. In Acts chapter 7, verse 58, the Bible indicates that Paul gave his approval to the murder of Stephen. You remember Stephen the deacon? Paul was a wicked man, but this proved to be not an obstacle for God. When Paul received Jesus Christ in his heart, he was changed forever by the grace of God. Let me tell you, as you listen, your past is not an obstacle to your future in the Lord's ministry and what God can use you. Regardless of what you did before you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, it matters no longer. When he saved your soul, he watched your past forever. And you know what? Why this is very important? There are three records of your past deeds in the world today. First, there is a record you carry in your mind. Have you ever carried in this, this in your mind and you tell yourself that, oh, I am, I'm not that beautiful. My fellow girls used to say this to me. And you carry it in your mind. There is a lot of baggage people carry in their minds. So whenever it comes to God using us, your mind will tell you, you can't. You can't. You're not good enough. So it's in your mind. Secondly, there's a, a record people carry or they know you of if you were that bad. And people may say, oh, that's, this is the girl. For some of you, you will be grateful that your peers, your young Schoolmates are long promoted to glory. You can't have anyone look at you and say, Ah, my ma. <laughs> or something like that. But you've got something in your mind that tells you this is who you are or this is what you have done. But people around you know you as well. But thirdly, there is a record that the devil has against you. And he has got a tendency to bring it up. He has got a tendency to connect with your heart and sometimes with your mind and get to say, oh, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Your friends, your family, those around you can say, oh, we know you. Are you trying to pretend now? Or are you trying to be this nice person now? Maybe some here who are listening or who will listen to this later, they will say, Nigel, you don't know my sins. I don't need to know your sins. Nigel, you don't know my past. Let me tell you, throughout the Bible, God used people who had very bad pasts. And God used them. In case you say, give me the evidence. Simon Peter. You remember Simon Peter? He preached his greatest message when he had just denied Christ not long after that. Maybe that's not enough. In the Old Testament, Moses was a murderer. Yet God used him for his glory. The moment God touched him and changed him, past was past. Samson, he sinned against God. Yet God used him, didn't he? Abraham lied, yet he was used of the Lord. Jacob was a deceiver, yet the Lord transformed and used him greatly. What about you? What do you think 
stands between you and God using you. There are many other people in the Bible I could quote and begin to unfold how they lived their lives and how their past was not what could stand before them and God. In verse 2 we read, Paul was on his way to Damascus to find Christians to arrest and to take them or to even kill them. In other words, he was filled with hatred and wanted nothing more than to destroy anyone or anything connected to Jesus Christ. Yet in spite of all this, the Lord was able to change this man and use him for the glory of God. So the second point I'm bringing is this. Your present circumstances are not an obstacle as well. It's not only your past. You say, oh, Nigel, you need to know about my past. Your past has been wiped off. You can't give that as a reason. And maybe you, you're thinking, oh, no, you don't know what I think. You don't know how I, I reason. You don't know how bad I can get to be when I start to think horrible things. There is Paul. He was actually on his way to look for more to persecute. I want to remind you, he can do the same thing in your life and in my life. He can take us with all the baggage that we carry. He can use us for his glory. He, the moment we say yes, he will clean us up. Our pasts will be wiped away. And even our present will be gone. Don't we all always bring liabilities before God? We bring the worst before God and God is faithful to take that and just say, your arrogance is gone. Your pride is gone. Your inferiority is gone. This speech impediment that you think you have is gone. The Lord is able to take us exactly where we are, change what needs to be changed, and use us greatly. Now the Bible is filled with many people who could say, wait, I'm not worthy. Moses was 80 years old when the Lord called him into the ministry. How many of you are 80? You can begin. You can begin. He had other problems too. He was not very eloquent and God provided a way for him. He was filled with fear. He was totally opposed to the Lord's plan. Yet despite all this baggage, God was able to use this man for his glory. Despite his age, despite his weaknesses, despite all the things that he could bring before God. Do you get it? In 2 Kings 7 verse 1 to 10, we hear of the story that a few weeks ago I preached on again of four lepers who became the unlikely saviors of Jerusalem. You remember what what God did? Let me remind you, God 
took them when they still had leprosy. He took them and he used them for his glory. That's our God. And I think I, think I would have loved, you know, you know, the writer of Second Kings to explain to us more details about things that we could have worried about. Like, all right, so did God had to clean them before he could send them? What happened? But all we read is this, these four lepers. God said to them, go. And they said to one another, let's go. If we sit, we die. If we go, we might even die. Let's go and do this. And in the end, they saved Jerusalem, they saved God's people. What I'm trying to get you to see this morning is that your present circumstances is not any catch and any surprise to God. He knows everything there is to know about you. He knows about your past. He knows about your present circumstances and he's willing to use you. God can use you. I'm, 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 I'm surprised and I'm quite encouraged by this. He knows where you are, your address, the, the corner you like to sit, even when you are smiling, when everything is going on inside, he knows about that. He still can use you despite all that. And what does he expect of you? To just come as you are. And surrender and say, God, I want to be used. I could be used by you, Lord. Please use me. Use me. Another point to note in verses 11 to 16 is personal characteristics. Do you, did you notice this? Paul was feared by the followers of the Lord Jesus. When Ananias was told to to go, he, he, <laughs> he wanted to run for his life. And his conversion was seen by many to be nothing more than maybe a disguise to trap those who believe in God. In fact, later on, if you read the story, you see that when he went to Jerusalem, he had to be accompanied by somebody else. Because people were like, oh, <laughs> that's a suspicious person. People were very suspicious of Paul. But do you notice what God said to Ananias? Go because he is praying. Go because he is praying. This is, this is internal, something that is known by God. For Ananias, he's like, no, no, Lord, I, I don't want anything to do with this man. So we have evidence there of something about Paul still, about his character and what he's known for. Even that, because there are some people who call you names. Did you know that? There are some people who have name tags for you. Even when you try to, to reach out to people, they say, oh, there is the holier than thou. Oh, there is the one who thinks is Jesus himself. Oh, there is this and that. But does that matter? It doesn't. God was able to overcome this obstacle and still use Paul 
in great fashion. If you take the time to look at Paul's life, you'll find that he was a man with many personal characteristics that seemed to be unfavorable for his success. Now, some of us, we get into, into business of comparing ourselves with others. Then we are in for a rough ride if we go that route. Because no one is like you. No one is like you. You are unique and you have been knitted together by God for a good reason. And one of the good reasons are that you proclaim him as Lord and Savior. That's good enough. And God can take that thing we consider to be weakness and can use it anyway. He excels in taking the weak and foolish things of this world to use. He has taken Paul. He has taken me. He can take you and use you. Some of you, you will be like, oh, Nigel, you had to go to university to be taught and, and all that. And, and uh, I can tell you they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't teach me how to stand in front. They, they, they taught me that this is, this is how you can read the Bible. And this is some of the tools that you can use. But they didn't tell me, they didn't teach me to not be afraid. I fear. I fear people judging. I fear people saying, oh, he's not eloquent enough. So I've got fears too. Maybe you are here and you, th you think, oh, I'm not good enough. Have I ever done anything good or right? And I want to tell you that God can use you. God has all kinds of people in his service. All he's looking for are those who are willing to serve him. The question is, are you one of them? Are you one of them? It doesn't matter. Your past is not an obstacle. Your present circumstances are not an obstacle. Your personal characteristics are not an obstacle. Maybe some of you, you will get to say even this. Nigel, you don't know my private concerns. And these private concerns are a concern to me. Well, even those private concerns he can deal with. Like Paul, you may look upon yourself as being weak and unable to do much for the cause of Christ. However, the truth of the matter is that God doesn't need us to be strong and able and stand up and to be firm and to be people who would say, come what may, I can face it. He needs us to be weak, to be totally dependent on him. So if there's personal concerns, it's crushed as well. God isn't looking for spiritual powerhouses. He's looking for people who have nothing more than faith and a desire to cling to God. Let me tell you from my personal experience, it gets to be rough when you are a minister, but I'm not saying God should call you to be a minister, but you are all ministers in effect. 
It gets to be rough sometimes. It gets to be rough in the sense that you don't have your act together. And sometimes you don't know what to do. And do you you know what you do? You rely on God. So here it is for you. And maybe some of you who are listening would be saying, Nigel, I'm fighting depression and I... I've got things, I've, I, I battle with loneliness. Sometimes I fight against feelings of inferiority and some, some other kind of things are keeping me away. And I want to say to you this morning, God knows you inside out. And the things that are so dear to you, that you think are so dear to you, he knows all that and he is willing. And you just need to come and he gives you a touch. And you are all good, good to go. Whatever name your particular weakness may may be you're carrying, it cannot be an obstacle at all. There is no problem so big to God. And God is willing to just touch you and and I let me tell you in case you miss the point. Maybe you don't have the kind of conversion like the one that Paul had and you're sitting there and you're saying, Nigel, I didn't have a Damascus experience kind of experience. I don't have the kind of, 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 of experience like you had. Mine has just been, I grew up in church and I, I grew up surrounded by loving people and that's me. I cannot can connect with what you're talking about. And I want to say to you, even with that, no matter where you are, whether you grew up in the church or you were pampered good enough, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have a drastic, nasty experience like I had or like Paul had. God can still use you. Now, I think that's good enough, isn't it? The secret lies in one word. Surrender. Surrender. Weaknesses are there. Past is there. Present situation. You know even things that you know about yourself. And all that does not count. Surrender is what God is looking for. And you wonder, can God use me? Yes, he can. Has Yes, 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 he can. And you, you know, the, 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 the challenge is sometimes we talk like this and then you're like all pumped up and you, you're ready to do these things. And let me tell you, you're not going to have a certain feeling that you say, oh, all of a sudden I feel different. It might not come. That feeling, forget a, a feeling here. What you need is a conviction. God is here. God is there where you are. God is listening. God hears you. And all God wants is for you to say, here I am, use me, Lord. And God will begin to use you. I hope that's an eye-opener for you. And our next song says, just as I am. Just as I am. And we... We get to sing as we praise God, just as we are. Let's come.
Let us pray. Wise God, you know us through and through. You even know if these offerings are the best we can give. You know our hearts and what we bring before you. You know if the promises we make are sincere and what our chances are of keeping them. We cannot promise never to make poor choices, never to get tired and dispirited. Allow that these gifts we give may be for the extension of your glory and your kingdom. We pray that Almighty God, you bless those who have given electronically and even those who have given their talents and gifts, those who continue to give themselves for your service to others and to the building of your kingdom, those who volunteer time to pray for others, those who volunteer time to give to the good of your kingdom, those who never stop at giving, they give themselves, they give what they have. They give and give and give. Sovereign God, we praise you today for the great wonder at the heart of the gospel, your sharing of our humanity and enduring our weaknesses. You are sovereign over all, yet you became our servant you are the Holy One of God, yet you were tempted just as we were. You are the giver of life, yet you endured the darkness of death. You are the Lord of Lords, yet you were crowned with thorns. You are enthroned on high, yet you are consented to be brought low. In what the world counted weakness, you displayed true strength. Great is your name and we will forever praise you. We praise you for your love that is able to turn human expectations upside down. And we rejoice in everything this means for us today. That when we are weak, you are strong. And when we feel most helpless, you are most powerful. When we can do little, you can do much. Lord, great is your name and we praise you this morning. We rejoice that you value us despite our many weaknesses and repeated faults. Your nature always is to have mercy, to grant grace, unmerited favor. You have time for us. You have gifts for us. You continue, Lord, to empower us and we pray today that lord you empower us to reach out to your loved ones to your people who are still in the world to those who are in need of the word of hope to those who are still looking for god not knowing that god is right there next to them lord we pray that you empower us to be able to reach out to others even if it means reaching out in the way we love and the way we pay attention, whatever it is that we do, the way we drive and the way we relate with others and the way we give way to others, that would just make it up for others. 
to realize that people of God can do wonderful things the way we, we behave in the shops where we do our shoppings, the way we behave when we are walking, when we are running, when we are walking with our pets and Father God, reach out to us. We also pray for those who are not well. Lord, some are struggling right now. We pray for healing and for your power, your hand upon them. Make your face to shine upon them. Be their healer, Lord. Be their redeemer. Be a God that reaches out to them in their situations. Some are in hospital. We think on them and pray for them. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Give us strength for the week ahead of us. Even as we move towards Holy Week, the week after next Sunday, we pray that, Lord, as we observe this time, it will be a time in which others would get to know about you. We pray blessing upon blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn is 416, Christ is Alive.
as you leave this place, as you go, may you know the blessing of God. Now the blessing of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.